0: All our friends in high and low places and everywhere in between, welcome to the Life in the Margins podcast. I'm Michael.
1: And I'm Tiffany. And I'm Mention.
0: We live a little left of center and a bit unconventionally. No matter where you live, we hope this experience expands your margins. <laughs>
1: So kind of what I wanted to talk about after you set that foundation of just how we were founded and the constitution and, and things like that, that is, uh, I think, always the right place to start when you're talking about policy. Um, because I don't think that we need to be just be making a bunch of things based on emotion. I, I do think that precedent and the Constitution. And I do think those are our foundations. Democracy, all of those things. Um, And there is a lot of, this is both the power and the downfall of social media, is that you can whip people into a frenzy with sad pictures or a meme or an outrageous statement or a viral video. That's both good and bad because Mm -hmm. we've seen how it can mobilize people and bring light to things that, would not otherwise get that kind of attention. Like the internet's really powerful and amazing that way. And it brings truth to power in a way that wasn't possible before. At the same time, it allows for a lot of misinformation and trolling and just things going viral because of emotion and it isn't necessarily based in a ton of like fact or constitutional law or things like that. So that being said, I do – you kind of talked about this at the beginning. Like there's a lot that I think we need to look at to where – what I'm seeing is all these memes and things like that. They're not even like articles. They're like memes and quick-witted statements about, you know, like, oh, you know, this has been going on since forever and – you know, this was an Obama policy, but now that Trump's doing it, the liberals are care about children all of a sudden. And there's a lot of stuff like that and vice versa as well. Like things I'm seeing, like I'm in some like liberal mom group type things. Um, and a lot of stuff in there is like somebody will post something like my neighbor posted this and everybody will be like super mad with her. And it's just very much an echo chamber. And then you'll see like all these comments like, they're so stupid. or But you'll never see a comment like, well, let's fact check that, <laughs> you know? Uh, like, how long have things been going on? What policies were formed under Obama? How much were we not looking at things because we liked him? And how much are we scrutinizing now because we don't like him? Mm-hmm. Like, all of those things actually are fair questions. Mm-hmm. They really are. Um, and while I liked Obama, I've never not been critical of several things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I mean, the facts are that he deported, what, more people than the three presidents before him, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I, should, I should have that fact written down if I'm going to say the facts are. But I think it's the previous three presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a lot of deport, deportation, mm-hmm. you know, But and people are oh, always so soft on immigration. But... The, the numbers say he was not soft on immigration. Mm-hmm. So he may not have been cruel. Right. Um, or maybe there were some ways he was cruel. I recently read something that said, um, you know, on average, bombs were dropped on the Middle East every single day, multiple times a day, the entirety of Obama's presidency. Mm-hmm. OK, so that's something for liberals and peace lovers and those things don't always go together but to reckon with you Mm -hmm. know just because you loved a president doesn't mean that they're not capable of bad things Mm -hmm. that they don't have to make hard decisions Mm -hmm. that they're going to be able to come in and just be like world peace it Mm -hmm. doesn't work that way and it wouldn't for you either like if if any person became the president tomorrow regardless of their belief system you don't get to go in and do whatever you want which is our saving grace right now Mm -hmm. honestly right <laughs> but that just simply isn't the way that it works
0: yeah no and i, I think it's uh, the, the other questions that you further have to ask is about your government as a whole yes. because and
1: right it's not one guy under, we don't have a king
0: understand that you know sometimes and i'm not saying that this is necessarily the case for our current president but in that job and in that position you may not want to do certain things but Mm -hmm. you kind of have to because Mm -hmm. that is the precedent that has been set for the expectations of how to conduct and do this job right you know um right so you don't have absolute power and and that's even why there's a lot of debate and arguments about the the use of executive power which the founding fathers were very leery of because they had In their estimation of things seeing it gone awry with the governments they were leaving so many of
1: them had lived under a king they understood the danger of having a king ruler Mm -hmm. so there's that um yeah so i mean it's good and bad and i mean i've read that because of how badly obama was blocked in congress um he did use a lot more executive orders than is typical Mm-hmm. Not that it wasn't his right, and that did lay some of this foundation for Trump to be issuing executive right. orders. and and,
0: and, and so the that's other something to think about. And the other thing, thinking about it, um, just reflecting fairly, uh, a lot of his rhetoric, and as far as I know, even like his actions was trying to reach across the aisle and be a centrist and build consensus. Talking about <laughs> President right. Obama. Um, and it's very interesting given the most recent conversations of things that's going on around civility and there's a way that you know to disagree but um, he was trying to work with other people and in some ways that was why for those individuals who were more progressive on the left or whatever um, some of the critiques that they had Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Of you know president obama even people who loved and supported him um mm-hmm. is you know wishing that he would have been a little bit more uh progressive in his agenda Absolutely. and more so kind of like one of the things that's loved to be tossed out on the uh right side not the right as in Act correct, but yeah, I know. You um, I know, but I'm just saying. Side. Yeah, the conservative side of uh, this debate is, you know, just telling it like it is. Right. Um,
1: oh yeah, I don't think you know that anybody would have liked that. Uh,
0: it, it's it's very interesting, you know, um, that that is the you know the convers conversation about it, um, but when a it's attempted even to be Mm -hmm. reciprocated oh you're being so cruel you need to be more civil why Mm -hmm. would you ever do that Mm -hmm. like it's you know met with this incredulous response of like i can't believe you would you know tell me about myself
1: right
0: um you know (laughs) Well, and it's just so, like, I mean, what, what happened the to the is. telling it just like it is?
1: Right. As, and that's what
0: you yeah. love about this individual, even though he's done some awful things.
1: Right. As know. someone who has always told it like it is, I don't get a lot of compliments myself. People don't actually love it. Yeah. It just depends on who's doing it. I mean, when people say things, they love to say, I just tell it how it is. But then they, no one ever receives it when people just tell it how it is. Well, no one likes
0: that. Well, and the the real reality of of all of this is, and even kind of a little bit the um, civility discourse that's being had about what you should or shouldn't say. Um, most recently, with with Congressman uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters being criticized, um, is there's just some things that uh, it doesn't matter how you say it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just not wanting to be received. It's not, I can't, you know, I can't say it in any nicer way or in any way that capitulates to your, your needs Mm -hmm. anymore, because the bottom line is you don't want to hear it. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. So with that, (laughs) my advice to people that are liberal or progressive and, so I feel like I have somewhat of a unique perspective because I mean, even when you and I, I didn't even vote for Obama the first time. So I have not always been a liberal. And and in fact, I think I skipped right over being a liberal and went right to being a progressive. Like I kind of like zoomed through the liberal part and was kind of like, Oh, this is also for the birds. Like true progressive agenda is where it's at for me. Um, So I haven't like spent my life being a Democrat or anything Mm -hmm. like that at all. Like being on the liberal side of things is actually still quite new, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I get it because I've been there. Like I'm actually glad that I didn't have, you know, Twitter 12 years ago. Um, And, you know, I don't think there's things that people can throw in my face because they're recorded eternally on the internet right now. But like, I'm a hundred percent sure that there is a bunch of bullshit that I have said to people like about Obama, his Mm -hmm. first run. Like I felt I had, I was still in a place where I felt like I had to vote Republican. Like that was the right thing to do. I was disappointed because I thought, well, gosh, it would be so nice to have our first black president, but not at the expense of, you know, religious liberty. Like I was that person. So I do get it. I've Mm -hmm. been there. Um, what changed for me was I'm a question asker and I'm a learner and that's mm-hmm. just always how I've been. So if you're not, I don't really know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to be able to like duplicate like, well, what Whoa. got through to me about things Whoa. and how do I share that with other people who are stuck where I was stuck? I don't know because I have asked questions and pulled at threads since the moment i could talk that's just who i am as a person so if you're not someone that does that i don't really know i don't know how people learn if they aren't seekers i just always have been
0: well and and i think even if that's not your natural predisposition of where you're always asking a lot of questions Mm -hmm. even if you're just willing to start from the place of I'm willing to research this out. Right. And and go wherever it takes me. Right. Not because um you know some people may not be where they're they're just asking a lot of questions in their right. current environment. Matter of fact, most of us are are all kind of predisposed and programmed a little bit to trust you know, leaders and elders, your parents, all of the people in your environment um, that, mm-hmm. you know, they are knowledgeable. They're getting their information from good sources. Right. They've researched a matter and a topic. And very few of us are really grow up in environments and and homes and systems where you are encouraged even to question the things that you're told from these trusted Absolutely. figures and individuals.
1: I will say that one thing that was a huge influence on me politically, probably the biggest influence on me politically, was um, Shane Claiborne's books. Um, He's a Christian. So if you're of a faith-based persuasion, this is a really good option for you. Um, What I have continually done is look at um, progressive Christian authors because for so much of how I voted or thought or believed, I felt like it was really wrapped up in my faith and my church and what I was supposed to do, because that's how God wanted me to vote. And so the first step for me was to start looking and reading authors that were, it's like, okay, they love God too, but -hmm. they just have this other perspective. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the first thing was to read progressive Christians, um, socialist Christians, democratic Christians, gay Christians. And really the first thing I found was like, I mean, they're not, you're not any closer to God than they are. Like, you you might think you are, but that's not a fact mm-hmm. that you can verify with God himself. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you like better, Jesus? <laughs> like, I mean, what I found was these these are Christians that are doing work in their community, going to church, serving in their church, serving their communities, praying, imploring God to show them things from the Bible too. Mm-hmm. So you don't have any sort of, moral high ground that you think you have because you aren't actually God's favorite.
0: And you were tossed out on your head promptly after expressing More or that less. thought.
1: More or less. Yeah. So anyway, um, Shane Claiborne has a book called uh, Jesus for president and it sounds a little trite in the title, but it's not, it's incredibly deep and it completely changed my politics. And he essentially his first book, um, now I'm drawing a blank. It's on my shelf. I'm trying to see it, but um Really spoke to me about the um, uh, about like peace and more like social views, um, and being more like anti-war and like what that could look like, and I still do reflect on his writing a little bit as him being a bit of an idealist. And there's things he has said that I don't necessarily agree with. But by and large, his work is very, very convicting to me. Um, Jesus for president essentially um, goes through the Bible and talks about governments and leaders and the Christian responsibility toward government Mm -hmm. and calls out America's sin of nationalism. Mm -hmm. And that got me because I don't think I ever really thought about the difference between nationalism and patriotism. Mm-hmm. until i read that book and then i was like oh damn like those are two different things and one is a sin and it is not okay and it has completely informed our views as a church mm-hmm. and we're completely poisoned with it and it's i mean not it's not just nationalism like you know if you have you know hitler youth parties like <laughs> it's like it's you know that's kind of the most extreme form of nationalism but it's like no, like it's really informing the church on how to vote and it's really not okay. Mm -hmm. Like people really aren't voting their values or voting their Christianity. They're, they're voting with nationalism and it's, it's really not okay. So anyway, that's a great book. If you are kind of like, where do I go from here? Um, or I don't totally believe this, but I feel like I'm, if you feel obligated to be voting Republican, um, especially, like, because of pro-life or something like that. Um, yeah, get his book and take a look at that. And and he is pro-life. So um, he's part of something called uh, Consistent Life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, there's things I agree with and don't agree with. But his arguments are good. And it's very, very convicting. And so you should definitely get your hands on that. So I... So I want to put that out there of like, I do understand what it's like to be on the right. So I'm not just coming from a place of like, how could people even think this way? I know because I've been there and mm-hmm. I've said these things and I've thought these thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I do understand, but you have to be open to solid information and you have to be, you have to be willing to count the cost. I think if you, because so many people, it's like, it's what's going to happen if you say, I don't believe that anymore. Mm-hmm. What's that going to mean for your marriage? What's it going to mean for your position in your church? What's it going to mean for your congregation? Are you going to have a job if you're a pastor? Mm-hmm. Are you going to have a place to live if you live in a, uh, what's that called? The pastor's house.
0: Oh, parsonage. A
1: Parsonage. <laughs> um, that is, I don't know if that's the word I was looking for, but it might be. Um, You know, are you going to have, if that's your salary, if that's your home, if those are your people, that's your community, that's what you build your schedule around and your life around and your children around. Like, and that's how church was for me growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, That church was life. Mm -hmm. Church is community. Church is family. Mm -hmm. Church is your belief system. And Mm -hmm. so if you start thinking something different, you're going to be told swiftly to get back in line. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how nice your church is. It doesn't matter how contemporary your church is. If you start talking about politics and progressiveness and calling out the sin of nationalism in church, you will find out how nationalist church is quickly. Mm -hmm. And are you prepared to give anything up to follow your faith of conviction. And you and I have been very lucky because we have, we've just been fortunate enough to seek and grow and learn and read at pretty much the same rate. And you and I have stayed on the same page through this journey and we're not where we were 10 years ago, but we're in the same place as each other. And that has been very important for our marriage because this has never caused any personal problems between us. Because we're both learners. But like, say you had continued on your path and I had stayed a Sarah Palin supporter. That hurts to say.
0: No.
1: <laughs> but you know what I mean? Where would we be right now?
0: I, I don't know. Not um, in a
1: good place.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and I, I know for some people, it, it may sound um, you know, kind of very cruel to say this, but on some levels, and I and I really didn't mean it in any kind of cruel way. But when some of these things were beginning to bubble up a little bit on the surface uh, in society, like mm-hmm. and um, I was just kind of like because I know and I and I begin to recognize even more. Number one, my perceptions of Jesus as how I understood him to be from everything that I had learned and my accounts of studying the Bible and different things like that. um, I know what issues are pretty important Mm -hmm. to me and matter a lot to me. Um, And even as they affect, you know, different uh, communities that are many times relegated, you know, into the margins, um, you know, I was just kind of like, I began to see how important it was for me. And I wasn't going to make you, you know, be in lockstep with me about it. But if if you couldn't, hey, no harm, no foul, you're free to go. Like, I'm not going to be mad at you, but I know how much this means to me. Right. And, and I think in in a converse kind of perception or perspective of flipping it a little bit, if it was as it pertains to issues that concern women, mm-hmm. I know how, through different conversations and things that I've had for you, if I was much more misogynistic and and chauvinistic um yeah well, we it, it would married. be i know but but <laughs> no, sometimes but, but sometimes, sometimes for some people, yeah. you're not having these kinds of conversations, yeah. prior to deciding to walk through life together that's
1: true, and you and I are just over oh, talkers, obviously that's why we're doing this now, that's why we can't get a podcast under fifty minutes, like. So we did talk about a lot of this stuff, probably right away, probably on our first date. <laughs> but I mean, that's just who we are. But like, that's the thing about it is like, this is just who we are. And the more I realize that this is not how a lot of people are, the more I think like we've been really lucky, like just as people to be seekers, to be people that pick at threads, to be question askers, to be talkers, communicators, to ask hardening questions of each other early on, like, to be willing to be called out on stuff like i i feel like we've just been fortunate and i don't necessarily know how to tell someone to duplicate that other than you have to try to be open and i don't mean open minded like politically correct like try to be more open minded i don't mean that i mean literally open yourself to truth and say i believe this thing so firmly but if I am presented with facts that make this appear wrong, like like I believed this my whole life, but now here are these facts saying this is not true. Mm-hmm. Am I willing to change that? Mm-hmm. And for most people, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. They're just going to stick with what they know. Well, that might be, but it's what I've always believed. So I'm going to stick with it. And that's how most people are. It simply is not how I have been. And, I mean, there were some different things that I'm sure we'll get into in some pods sometime of, like, you know, reasons why I got skeptical of my religion and politics at an early age. Like, Mm -hmm. I definitely now can look back and see, like, okay, there were some foundations that I laid for myself as, like, a six-year-old that I needed now (laughs) that I didn't know I was laying. But I was just like, but why? But why? Why? But show me where that says that in the Bible. But Jesus never said this. And I mean, I'm talking, I was like five, six, seven years old saying this stuff.
0: So. And there's different, different approaches because I wasn't asking a bunch of questions, but I'm much more of the observant type and, yeah. I'm, and I'm seeing what's going on. Oh, and
1: I didn't ask every single one out loud necessarily. But these were things that were more like seeds. Like, I hear this, but I see this as a fact. And these two things do not line up. Some things I asked out loud, but some things I
0: didn't. Yeah, no, but but also what I'm saying is that, you know, I also understand, though, for some people, they observe and see different things. But there will come a point, at, you know, where you'll have to, you know, act on it when these things are no longer um, serving or doing what they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, what what are you going to do then? Like, you know, because in a very, you know, simple or or broader way, you could say, like, like you were talking about before of how church and religion, like it's community, it's family, it's all of these things that are essential to life Mm -hmm. in the way that we grew up. Um, And in a lot of ways, you can even, you know, just talking about families, because that's one of the other things that we're talking about. It is in the vessel for a lot of good. To come into people's lives, like mm-hmm. for for you know individual family yeah. units and communities, sure. and and all of and and if you want to go go larger in scale to nations and different things like that. But what do we do when those systems are no longer serving the purposes that they're right. supposed to? What do you do when poison gets infected into those systems? Right. Do you continue to let them? Uh, be uh vessels or um things to carry and spread that poison out right. and, and that is the very essence ironically of why many times when you speak out about certain things within church systems or even in family systems sometimes, mm-hmm. like those other people who are a part of that family unit or that yeah. organization or system, they will toss the dissenting person out. Okay rather than reform you know
1: because it hurts Um, i mean how's the church going to come back from this year mm -hmm. you know what i mean what kind of revival would that take what kind of change would that take what kind of scraping out of this wound would it take for the church to be functioning the way it should and doing what it's supposed and preaching what it's supposed to be preaching it is so much easier to just rally around the flag. So anyway, I want to talk, closing that thought out. If you are a progressive Christian or wanting to become a progressive Christian, I definitely suggest starting with Shane Claiborne and asking a lot of questions and understanding what it's going to cost you. Progressives in general, liberals in general. I fact check yourself. For the love of God, fact check before you just post liberal outrage. Like like that first picture of that kid in the cage that had gone up on Twitter that was was from 2015, right? Mm -hmm. Or 14. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. So instead of dealing with that head-on whoever had posted I think it was an actor just took it down mm-hmm. just oh 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 it was oh it was an Obama kid in a cage that's okay well never mind that's fine then like no mm-hmm. so find out why dig a little deeper let's mm-hmm. talk about it mm-hmm. like don't just be like listen Obama's perfect and Trump sucks so right. that's not an argument like that's well. so stupid do not undermine your message. And the progress that needs to be made by having that attitude, refusing to fact check or refusing to confront things, things right now may come up as people are digging that is going to be excellent fuel for people to say like, oh, you didn't care when Obama was doing it. Mm -hmm. Recognize the fact that that may be true
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and And, own that, accept that.
0: And it doesn't mean that you have to or should be quiet now. Absolutely. Because I think that that's many times the way those s- people who don't have pure intentions in their heart use those deflective and diversionary tactics to rather than deal with the real issue, I'm going to sidetrack it yes. side-track it, and waylay it by talking about, well, you weren't saying nothing when Obama was right. doing that. And And the truth of the matter is all of us, could be paying closer attention Absolutely. to what's going on. Right. Um, all of us could be more informed and do more research and be better um, citizens right. of this country. Right. Um, and but you know the key to that, though, is being willing to do work of research and to truly be knowledgeable and, and credible it, with the information that you're getting. Um, and for the most part, a lot of us are—we like the privilege that we can be lazy yes. and just listen to people yes. tell us what to do and what to think. Right.
1: And the only reason people are getting as involved as they are now—and I guess this is one side effect that's a blessing—because I think that had Hillary won, liberals would have just gone right back to being lazy, mm-hmm. honestly. And so, the, on some
0: levels, yeah.
1: So one good thing that has come out of this is lighting a fire under some people's asses. And understanding that you have to protect democracy. If you enjoy it, we're going over, but I, there's a couple of things I still wanted to talk about. So we may just have a really, really long episode for
0: this one. Yeah. And,
1: and, it, is and what it is. We skipped a week.
0: And you can listen to it, you know, <laughs> yeah. as you need to. It's yeah. no requirement Pause that you and have come to, back if you have to. You know, list it all, listen to it all the yeah. way through.
1: So there's a couple things we've been kind of talking in a more broad way. Our intention was to talk about, you know, the kids being separated at the border. Um, And and at this current moment, not being properly reunified with parents that they've been taken from. Mm -hmm. So I am frustrated about um, one thing that I keep seeing that's, it's not that it's untrue, but it's bothering me coming from, The work environments that we came from, which is working with children in foster care and adoption Mm -hmm. um, and and in more institutional settings. We've worked a lot with attachment issues and we've seen a lot of children separated from their parents. We know what that looks like. Um, So. I am going to go ahead and put out there that I'm not against family separation Mm -hmm. because what's kind of boggled me is I've been around so many conservatives, like hyper-conservatives, that have been – I've heard a lot of people say directly, like, the government has no right to remove children from parents, period. Abuse be damned. These are your children. The church will – you know, kind of the trope. The church will handle it. Now, this is more extreme, but more and more, you all need to realize that this fundamentalist side of Christianity is alive, well, and influencing our culture right now and has been all along. They've just been waiting for their moment. And if you grew up in it and have left it, you know that that's true. Like, you know how much they've wanted to influence politics and they've been... I'm not being dramatic when I say building an army. Um, And that's how you get your Mike Pence's. This isn't an anomaly. This is just, you know, for such a time as this, right? Right. Mm -hmm. That being said, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, the government has no right, yada, yada, yada. That is not a fact. If you abuse your children, the government does have a right to step in and protect those children. Children are citizens. They have rights. And people that are being abused, someone has to intercede on their behalf. It's not ideal. There will be attachment issues. It's never great to be popular or to be separated from your parents. But in some cases, it's necessary. In a lot of cases, it's necessary. Um, so I'm going to not come out on the side of. End family separation. I know what we're talking about in this sense is not the same thing. And when we say end family separation, I know that people are referring to this specific thing, but I don't actually like broad sweeping statements. Things like, these children are going to be destroyed. These children are going to be damaged forever. These are the kind of things I've been seeing all over Facebook. You know, Mm -hmm. these children will be psychologically damaged forever. I would really like people to consider their words when they say stuff like this Mm -hmm. because I have worked with, I understand that you're trying to drive home a point, but you're kind of lumping together Mm -hmm. like kids that are in foster care or have been adopted.
0: Mm um well, I just wanted to say one one thing kind of concerning that and it and it and I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but it also is a can get to be a very sticky area it is a, sticky a little area. bit yeah. when when you start really examining um what is the the terms or the basis for saying that this child is being abused absolutely
1: Um, you're absolutely right in my i don't know what you if you've seen anything different working in the system and i'm sure that it varies state to state and i'm sure it varies demographic to demographic i'm sure it varies if you have a racist judge or a racist social worker mm -hmm. however what i have personally seen Is that not enough children stay separated from their parents. I haven't seen the opposite where too many people are being taken arbitrarily. I've seen more kids go home that our social workers are wringing their hands over saying this mom is not capable yet. She's not ready. This is not going to go well. This is a dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. And the state is like well, it is what it is. I mean, she met her requirements. There's nothing really more we can do. And then bad things happen. Right. like that's more been my experience. I'm not saying that's based in statistics. I'm I don't want to ignore the long history of black children being taken from their mothers
0: mm-hmm.
1: arbitrarily.
0: Well, and even regarding the different of uh, ways of disciplining through you know, spankings or whippings and different things like that. Because in some ways, some of it... you're going to
1: see some freak stories about, like, you know, you spanked your child or you're starting to see um, if, uh, and I have some mixed feelings about this too, but, like, um, there was a family who lost their kids because they, their kid, their one child, I think, died because they wouldn't vaccinate, they wouldn't provide medical care, and then they, like, gave him some herbs or something when he had, like, a severe... Something And he needed to go to the hospital. They wouldn't take him because mm-hmm. they were hippies, basically. Right. And they lost the other children. Mm-hmm. And I saw conservatives rise up over that. Mm-hmm. I've seen people freak out like, you know, next thing you know, they're going to make homeschool illegal and try to take your children if you just do what the Lord tells you. I mean, I've kind of seen the whole range because then right. I've also seen like crackheads get their babies back and it go really badly. I've seen more of that.
0: Right, right, no, and, and so i I definitely agree that there are certain situations where that would be the best, um, but there's also too, some of it of at times, like I said, where it can be a little sticky because in some ways, how much of it is a staple within I'm talking about particularly the black community and black families for you to get whippings and spanks or beatings in some cases, even on it. And And I would say that extends to the religious
1: community as well.
0: Right. And, but I think that there's different, a different kind of connotation that come with it. uh, That's very subtle. That is a part of that because I think it's a continuing on, on a certain level, I feel, Mm -hmm. of the pathology Mm -hmm. of what happened to black people during slavery. Um, sure. and, and it's not a stretch to say that because I also, you know, growing up, I did, we did get weapons. I didn't get a lot of them. Um, and But I've also seen children be disciplined and without um, that. So I also know that oh, it's, yeah, it's it's possible. not, it's possible and it's not definitely as necessary. and And largely in some ways, I'm not a big fan of Whippings, because I think of some of the uh, nonverbal psychological messages you're oh, sending yeah, yeah. Um, I mean there's
1: tons of research research suggesting um, that it's damaging
0: right but, any amount but so in some ways, like I was saying, in the black community, to get um to have the government mm-hmm. which is largely, and I'm not saying that there isn't diversity among it, but there's definitely work on making it being a majority white-led um, institution sure. and, and thinking of their interests and the things that would benefit them. And so to have that institution come and tell you about how to raise your kids or right. what you should and shouldn't do when they perpetrated violence and brutality upon you and other people's like it's pretty hard on some levels to be able to Mm -hmm. uh, wrap your head around that. Absolutely. Um, And, and like you and I have, have spoken about at different times before, just me personally, even as a grown adult, when I see different children out in public, sometimes misbehaving um, just knowing how, the duality that exists of even the privilege to carry yourself in a certain way in public that you don't have as a black person or a black child of where you're quickly considered to be a man or an adult. Um, And the types of things you can say to authority figures and your parents and different things and get away with it. Um, It's baffling to me. Mm -hmm. And it's really like, Um, you know, it, it, it caused some time of, uh, introspection and reflection on like some of the ways that, you know, I was raised because you can do the same exact behaviors. Uh Um, and it's handled entirely different. You know, there's a propensity where if you are a person of color, they're gonna throw the the law book at you and bury you under the jail. Oh yeah. Whereas, um, if you are a a, you know, a white person. Oh look at Bob Turner. Yeah, you'll get a slap. You'll get
1: too much potential.
0: You'll get a slap on the wrist or a fine. Right. Um, and you know there is just some of those apology letter. There's just some of those things of where, um, uh, you know I I. Certainly, I want to be sensitive to those things, but also too, like like I was talking about, even the destruction that happened to family systems, yeah. the way f- people were sold and split up, and without any consideration or say so for respecting family units of people of color, or and and I, I think maybe a little bit with reservations, they didn't. Split family systems. No,
1: they did um, boarding Inten- school, because of boarding schools. Okay, with with the, they would take with the them kids from their from their families and and put basically them in indoctrinate
0: schools, them. Indoctrinate into-
1: them. Um, you have been liberated. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and try to strip the Indian from them. To and I use the word Indian because they did. I know that's right. not the term of choice. Um, but this was the kind of the concept was kill the Indian to save the man was mm-hmm. the quote. Hmm. Um, and what is that? You know, it does, it just reminds me, it's not of course what I think, but it reminds me of when people say, Hey, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. Right. Um, uh, nine times out of 10, you hate the person. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to yeah. strip them out of their authenticity and into your box. <laughs> That's, what I find. The mm-hmm. concept itself is not terrible. It's except I've met almost no one who practices it.
0: Yeah. The, the ability to execute it <laughs> leaves lacking. much to be desired. It's
1: lacking. So what you're bringing up <laughs> about family separation is extremely relevant to the conversation, but more what I wanted to point out, bringing it up was that my experience has been, and there's so much to get into with how much jurisdiction does the government have? You know, how much should we be how much right do they have? You know, uh, it's a, it's a big question in the the anti-vax world. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of different areas where this is a really hot topic. How much power does the government have to get involved in family matters? Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to bring up about that was my experience has been that people that are very, very conservative are constantly waving the banner flag of, family separation is wrong. The government has no right to take children from their families. While the liberal view is the government has a right to get involved. When we're looking at social services, when we're looking at whether you have to vaccinate your child for school, Mm -hmm. whether we're looking at, um, uh, you know, I can't remember what I was going with that, but like, what else was on my list but my view has been you know liberal organizations, social services, these are the people that are involved in family separation Uh and then the people that want nothing to do with it are the hyper conservatives they're homeschooling for that reason because they're you know either they're not going to vaccinate or they don't want their children taught certain things or and they're always like oh next thing you know the government's going to do A, B, and C and (sighs) So it's just really mind boggling to me that as soon as brown children are involved, we swap roles Mm -hmm. and you have liberal white tears over children being separated, which is a bit disingenuous, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, because I think it shows a lack of understanding of history, which has been pointed out over and over and over again, which, you know, I love the Internet most days and the Internet has not let anybody forget that this is, in fact, America's M.O., Mm -hmm. Um, this is not, I I hate when people say this isn't who we are. This isn't the America. I know this is 100% the America that we all know. And it gets worse. If you would read a book, Mm -hmm. it actually gets much, much worse than this. So I just find it interesting. And I feel like people are kind of talking into echo chambers because of this stuff. And I feel like people aren't really being honest about their ideologies on either side of this aisle, like people screaming about family separations, which the family separation that I'm talking about with like the foster care system and like child abuse obviously has nothing to do with what we're talking about with children being separated from their families at the border as a punishment. But like, you don't think that this happens? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This has happened historically. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time, we do have to have institutions that protect children from their parents Mm -hmm. if need be. Mm -hmm. So this is a more complicated situation for me than making a poster that says families belong together. I understand the sentiment. It is what I think about this specific instance, but I don't like broad statements like that. And so I wanted to hit that and I wanted to hit on the language that's being used by people to drive a point home, which is that attachment language. Children are always going to be screwed up.
0: You oh, know, you'll never and I did recover want to say from this. About that.
1: Would you walk up to someone who had been adopted and be like, "You'll never recover from your mother being ripped from your mother's arms"? Like, would you say that to an adopted person? And I'm not saying that this is the same thing. I'm saying like, watch your language because you don't actually know who around you you're hurting. Like, there are probably people that just want to kind of like crawl in a hole this week because of that language. And, mm-hmm. and that happens every time there's some major incident when we talk about when something happens with suicide, when something happens with whatever. There are people that get, and I hate to use the word triggered because that's another word that's been co-opted to mean that you basically are a big whiny baby. Mm-hmm. But in the mental health field, that's not what that means. <laughs> like it literally means like there are things that take you back to a place that is not healthy. And, you know, when you're throwing things out there just because you think you're so smart and you just post things on Facebook, like you are hurting people that are going to see this and hear this. And it might be better for you sometimes to shut your mouth because you don't know what you're talking about. So, of course, I think this is wrong. Of course, I understand that attachment, like this will have a lasting effect on children. I'm not saying that it doesn't. But I, I just don't love the all-encompassing language that gets thrown out there whenever there's a viral cause. And Mm -hmm. I think it can get really, like, especially, like, white women just love this shit. They love to take something and run with it. I am convinced it is because we were relegated to hundreds of years of sewing circles and racism. Like, there's nothing they like better than getting in a group and just... Bitching and creating frenzy. And uh, sometimes it's good because you can mobilize, but even when people mobilize, like look at the Women's March, you know? It, rather than some people have learned and some intersectionality is coming from things, but by and large, I think that the Women's March. Should have and did show white women where they need to do better but have they I mean we keep talking about this 53% that voted for Trump but like even of the women white women that didn't vote for Trump like I'm still concerned about you like I'm still seeing a lot of white lady issues like there is no moral high ground here in my opinion and so, and I do feel like they're the perpetrators of a lot of unhealthy language. and so I just don't love it because whenever I see things like um, you know, early attachments are the in regard to children separated at the border, early attachments are the most important thing, and these children are going to be psychologically damaged for the rest of their lives. I think about all the foster kids that I'm friends with on Facebook still. And I think what I say to someone who had been in foster care or who had been adopted, or what I say to an adoptive parent like, this child is gonna be psychologically damaged forever. Like people are resilient and people like, I don't wanna be like, oh, they're resilient, they'll be okay. Like, And I know there's a danger of, of kind of being against this language because it sounds like I'm against what's, or I'm for what's happening, but mm-hmm. I'm not. But I just think there's just a lot of like really broad statements being made. Mm -hmm. that I don't feel like come from a super educated place. And I don't know if any of that makes sense. And I hope that it does. And there's so much more I could say about this. But the last thing I want to say is, and and then I'll be quiet and you can finish this off. The last thing I want to say is um, that a lot of people have said things like, well, as a citizen, when you go to jail, You know your kid does get taken from you and there's some fact checking you have to do with that first of all your kid doesn't get put into a cage more often than not families the rest of your family just takes care of your child um we also have a foster care system um there is really not a point where children get put into a cage to sleep on cement with a mylar blanket as bad as our foster care system can be at times that's not really how we handle things and if at any point there are social workers that are handling things like that they are outside of the law on Mm -hmm. that that is not our system that is not how we do things we do not have warehouses with cages like you and i worked in residential facility it was not a warehouse Mm -hmm. it was very specific to our state licensing standards Mm -hmm. and if we had put children on a concrete floor with a mylar blanket we'd probably be in jail Mm -hmm. that would have been we would have been shut down by the state some people probably would have ended up in jail like that is not acceptable it is not according to standards for our system in america so there's that that isn't what happens to children when their parents go to jail um are they separated from them yes for the most part children do not go to jail there are some initiatives where target for like pregnant women, women with infants that are breastfeeding, um, women with small children, where they're trying to, um, because of early attachment issues, make jails. I hesitate to use the word family friendly because that sounds weird, like we're trying to make jail not so bad when it's supposed to be a punishment. And I understand that. But um, family attachments and family strength is probably one of the most important things that you could do for people that are trying to do better in life. So there is, if you are interested, if if that's just your fallback argument, I don't know what to tell you. But if you are actually like, well, what about people that go to jail in America? There are initiatives um, for the rights of parents in jail. Um, You can look up some of those things. I don't have any references handy, but I'll try to find some and share some things that you can get involved with. Um, you know, women not having to give birth in shackles, women being able to breastfeed, um, women being able to see their children more. Um, I don't know if there are as many initiatives with men, but we can look for stuff and try to share some of those things. Um, But so just because something might be a certain way with the prison system in America does not mean that it's right. And if this has brought prison reform to your attention, then great, and there are ways to get involved with that too. It doesn't mean that you just use it as an argument and say, well, in America, if you go to jail, blah, blah, blah. Tough cookies. Like, that's not actually the way you should look at it. So, I think I'm gonna leave it there. You wanna wrap us up?
0: Uh, yeah, the only thing that I uh, briefly, I'll try and make it brief, mm-hmm. um, wanted to touch on was like when you were talking about <clears throat> that language of like, you're gonna be marked by this for life. Yeah. Um, I think uh, perhaps a better way um, to talk about those things is that it's really important and critical and there's a lot of research and findings that would indicate. So, um, sure. Um, but
1: right. It's like, I don't want to downplay attachment,
0: (laughs) but, but almost like, you know, you're never going to be the same. And yes, in some ways that's true, but it's not like, it's almost like people are saying
1: you're never going to be okay.
0: Yeah. It's not like the, there are people who are functioning um, and living even functional lives who've had some of these um, setbacks or challenges in their life right. that they've had to overcome right. and, and push through and live with. Right. Um, I
1: feel like some of that language is kind of writing people off, writing off their futures. And isn't that exactly what you're trying to say that you're against? Yeah. It's not really treating them like people.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and like you said, it can be a tricky thing yes. with of how to handle that because too much underplaying of right. how important it is right. is kind of like, you know, hey, it's not a big deal. Why is exactly. everybody upset about it? Exactly. Um, and the other thing uh, it made me think of, and there was another story and I, I can, if people are interested in it because it was very fascinating, there was a story of like, these rebel uh, child soldiers, like over in Africa, there's a video on Netflix with Idris Elba. I can't think of the name of it. It's really good, but there's oh, also beasts, is
1: it beasts of no nation? Yes,
0: beasts uh, of no nation. I could barely um, get through it. But also, there was another story I had listened to a long time ago, but it was a, it was a former child soldier who had was in the process of recovering his life and how even just adapting back to being in a family and different things like that. And he Mm -hmm. shared his testimony, beautiful story, ultimately through what he was all able to to come through and end up with. But like, if, you know, the things that these kids are suffering and different other children here in America aren't exactly on the levels, Mm -hmm. because I'm, and I'm not going to, Paint with too broad a brush and say that it's not because there are, I know that there may be some children, the equivalent of their experiences on some levels, yeah. pretty similar oh, yeah. to being a child soldier. Um, oh,
1: sure. There are even, horrific things that go on in our own country,
0: even here in America. Um, but largely speaking, a lot of children who experience right. some separation and disruption to their family uh, s- systems and scenarios, which even in my our own families, both you and I, we have experienced some disruption mm-hmm. to our family systems. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it can it can be overcome. Right. And, and so perhaps, like I said, I would suggest that highlight how important these mm-hmm. things are, but it does not totally define you for the rest of the days and you can't be productive or right. functional in society or even do some of the work to begin to recover mm-hmm. and regain some of the things right. that you lost.
1: Because I think this is a reason that some people don't adopt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're just like, they just view kids because of attachment disruptions as like finished, like their stories already written. And this is just, like, you're damaged now. And mm-hmm. I f- kind of feel like this language adds to that. Mm-hmm. So, but that being said, obviously, early attachment is, all attachment is very important. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's where we have to leave it.
0: All <sighs> right. Um, so, yeah, this was supposed to be a little segment, but we may actually end up releasing them as two separate things. Yeah. Um
1: See.
0: <laughs> and so until next time we'll we'll pick up back on this and um you know expand expand the margins, yours and others.
1: See you next time.